Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Chase Dudley, and he is the executive producer in Locked In of the upcoming film Locked In. How you doing, Chase? Hey, how's it going? I'm good, doing good. I know we uh for everybody watching this, we did have a scheduled, I believe, for last month, but technical issues pushed it back. And yeah. I do have a uh, you was, know it was I frustrating. Have, yep, I have a pretty uh packed schedule, <laughs> so I was able to fit you in at the end of this month, thankfully. Oh yeah. We're here. We finally got it working, so I'm really happy right. about that, and we're going to dive right into it. So I guess to start things off, how did you get your start into filmmaking? Man, that's, that's um, I think that's something I've been embedded with since birth, because I, I, to, as long as I can remember, I've been reenacting scenes of movies growing up since I was like three years old, according to my parents. And I managed to get my first camcorder and been trying to put together homemade movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think it was much of a future. Um, really, I want to say it started in probably 2010, 2011. Uh, was when I started making short films, but I made my first feature film, uh, Peyton's Burton, which was in 2014. Nice, nice. Yeah, a lot of people that I have on say they don't think, especially in the indie film industry, that they don't think that it's that it's going to lead somewhere because nine times out of ten, as most people in the industry knows, it's rejection. It's hard to get big in in filmmaking, and some people make it work out, and some people do it for hobbies, and some people, you know, just drop it all in general. And I'm glad that you're you know sticking through with it. Absolutely. I, I think if you're consistent, I think you will continue to open doors. I mean, nothing good comes easy. And honestly, I thought uh, when I first started, I thought by making more movies, it would get easier. But it's mm-hmm. the exact opposite. Each movie you make, it gets harder. Okay. Um, and if you play like if you look at like filmmaking or in life in general as a video game, the, the harder the level, the more you're moving up. So. Um, you just got to be consistent and stay at it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's with anything that you're doing, anything worth keeping or anything worth doing is not easy. Right, exactly. And uh, I interviewed one time uh, Tom McLaughlin, director of Friday the 13th Part 6, and uh, he uh, he gave some good advice to filmmakers, and that and that is when he's always asked, what is the best film you've ever made? He always says the next one because the one after that, is always going to be better than the one you did before. Not always, but it usually should. Usually be. is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and um, yeah. Because Jordan Peele, I feel, has not really replicated the magic that he made and Get Out. And yeah. I, I love all. I love both of his other films, but Get Out. It was just something magical about that film. Yeah. Um, I did like uh, Nope better than Us, but it still was nowhere near. Um, the I mean the magic of what Get Out was. Now the yeah. cinematography was really good. Um, yeah. it was quite a few scenes in that movie. I felt that really was amazing. Like using those IMAX, IMAX, uh, IMAX cameras. Yeah. That was um phenomenal. Uh, because the low lighting, um, it was just really amazing. And I was yeah. I I couldn't believe that he achieved that. And I I've never seen that really done. And I know that it's it has been done by very few filmmakers and he executed that very well. 
Absolutely. One film I always look at as a source of inspiration. If you're looking to get a movie done with a very low budget, and in my opinion, near perfection, Halloween from 1978 is... Halloween is definitely one of them. Um, Yeah. I thought Friday um, was a really low budget film that was executed very well. But if we're, I guess, if we're considering horror, Saul was made uh, for one million. Paranormal Activity... Uh, was made for the budget of fifteen thousand. Yeah, even Blair's Blair Witch Project. And it made over, yeah, and it yeah. made over a hundred million. Yeah. So for people thinking like, well, I'm not in the industry or I I can't get big, don't think that way. It only takes one movie. It only takes one movie to become Sorry, a. My friends, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. It only takes one movie though to become a um to become a success. It it only takes one shot. Well, um, it, yeah, and and no, I mean it, it can, um, yeah. but generally it's it's. I think that's kind of something that I think we conceived that we think that like people like Brad Pitt just woke up mm-hmm. uh, as an overnight success. Right. Um, I think one of the most, um, I think the best quote that I think I can I can relate to that I I remember having was. I can't even remember who told me this, but they told me that there's no elevator to success. Right. And I think that that cannot be any more true. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to get back in the groove. My son, I've told him to stay out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I got a house full of kids in their heart. <laughs> Not a problem at all. So... The, the one movie that because uh, you're you, you've worked on a bunch of movies and one of them that we're going to be talking about today is locked in so for those that are unaware what is that movie about locked in is um well the the main theme to it is about human trafficking but it's a lot more than just that it it um it's about two women on opposite ends like you have a a, a woman who's a stripper and then you have this very like religious christian lady and they're like in this room and they have so many differences and they literally come together and they 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 bond and they realize that those petty differences no longer matter and they have to come together to try to fight to get out of you know this area that they're in because this guy is literally abducting women and selling their content to the dark web um and you know i really wanted to bring awareness to um human trafficking because it is the number one um crime of the 21st century and it's getting bigger and bigger and I, it, I, I don't feel like in the 21st century with all the technology, I don't really feel like that should be a thing. Um, but, you know, the only thing I can do is my part. Yeah, absolutely. So you're the executive producer on this film. So what are your uh, duties for this film? What are your, your job? Well, I direct it as well. Um, okay. I also, the story was by me, but my uh, screenwriter, Charlie Brady, we have an amazing collaboration. We literally bounce around so many ideals and we come up with some amazing stories because he literally listens Mm -hmm. and like sometimes i don't know if he's listening and i'll say all this and he's just "Mm." he's quiet for like 10 minutes and then he's like okay i'll I'll bounce around some ideals and i'll just get off the phone and i'd be like i don't know if he really got what i just said and like a day later it's all on paper but like the dialogue and and yeah. it's like the the glue the filler and all of that 
it's like 10 times more than I can even ask for. And I call him my filmmate because it, he really is a collaboration of like, he's my DP. He is uh, my screenwriter. Um, you know, I consult with him on so many different ways. He's also a script doctor, which that's how I actually met him. He was consult. I consulted with him on a screenplay that I had at the time. And he um, made a few suggestions, but I didn't know he actually wrote scripts. Um, yeah. I guess it makes sense if he's a script doctor. Yeah. Um, you know what? We really, we rebuild the locked in script from head to toe. And if it's only one positive thing that I can think about from the locked in um, or locked in <laughs> the lockdown in 2020, um, it gave me time to reflect on the script and, you know, we had to take the year off because of COVID. And yeah. uh, as soon as things start opening back up, I looked at the script and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, it, and it was, I mean, I, I don't mean to, no disrespect, but it, it was just, I was like, this is not a, this is not a really cohesive story to it. Okay. So, um, after, you know, I, I, cause I purchased the script. Um, I realized it needed a lot of work yeah. and, um, so that's where Charlie came in and he rebuilt the script from head to toe and what it turned into was something phenomenal and a lot more original uh, and such a fleshed out cohesive story. Because that's one thing that Charlie and I really share a passion for is character driven films. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really love character driven films. I feel that is something that made cinema back in the, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. And I feel like we're kind of starting to lose that. Mm -hmm. But we're kind of making it up for in TV shows, I know, I noticed, but in movies, I don't know if it's just, I mean, like the remakes or reimaginists or countless mm -hmm. sequels that we're constantly getting. I just don't, I'm not so invested in today's um films um mm -hmm. so a lot of my films that i make is kind of it kind of goes back to the basis of what made films that uh, great back in the day and I'm, I'm not trying to sound arrogant or anything like that it's just my my mm -hmm. style yeah and i mean the way people you know the way filmmakers are redoing things it's like the, like why fix or redo something that wasn't broken like well i, mean? I think i i don't think that's the filmmaker's fault and i didn't mean to over talk yeah. apologize no, i think the problem with remakes is more of the audience because mm -hmm. it is proven time after time that a lot of times the audience won't go to the movies if they don't mm -hmm. know uh or if it's not familiar and i am so glad to see jordan peele breaking down those chains where mm -hmm. people are going to see original content because mm -hmm. i think the reason why we're getting so many remakes is because when Halloween got remade and yeah. it made over 80 something million at the box office, it's kind of hard not to green light another one. And, and that yeah. kind of puts, well, um, Nightmare on Elm Street's like, well, we can remake Freddy. And that, that's the one that comes to mind that is like, you can't, why redo that? Like, I, I can't stomach watch in the 2010. Uh, nothing against Jackie, but just I, mean, I, think, I think he did a good job. Yeah, I think the problem was was the the writing. I yeah. think 
he he did great for what what he had. Right. I really felt that the the visuals looked really good. I felt like the characters were really good. I just didn't think the the story was strong. Yeah. Um, but like more of a a darker Freddy to me was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. You know, but R Robert England has been like embedded in our in our lives for twenty yeah. years. I think I think people didn't really get Jackie early. Um, I don't think they gave him the benefit of the doubt. Right. I think a lot of people automatically went into that film like it's not Robert England. Yeah. I, don't want to. Uh, I, I, I more didn't terrible. like the makeup. I didn't think he looked like a. No, he, I mean he did. He did not look like a Freddy Krueger. The makeup again. The makeup was awful. I mean, yeah. I hate to say awful. Yeah. I did not like it. I try not to bash other artists because I'm an artist myself and right. I try to watch what I say because I know that that is so common now where you see so many other artists trash other artists and I try not to do that. So I, I need to, I need to watch what I say and how I say that. Right. I did not like the, um, the makeup. It, I, I, I agree. It was not as great yeah. as the original and I, you know, and it became to where Robert England was Freddie and he yeah. recognized him through that. Um, I, I think sometimes, you know, with the remake or, or what, I think sometimes we kind of, we want something different, but when we get it, we don't know what to do with it. And yeah. I think, um, but me personally, if I can have it my way, I, I, I would love just to see new content. I mean, yeah. there was a time where Michael Myers was amazing. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, what are we going to keep remaking it over and over and over and over again? I I, I really miss seeing, like, new movies. Like, when I grew up in the uh, 80s, and, like, some of the movies that I've seen from Poltergeist, so seeing Jaws, um, you know, Terminator, um, Alien, The Abyss, um, so many amazing movies, The Predator, um, yeah. so many amazing movies. And then, like, you got the 90s where Terminator 2, I mean, that, in my opinion, is the best sequel of all time. Yeah. I mean, and looking at the CGI and looking at how it even holds up better than a lot of CGI you're seeing today, and that was, yeah. like... The 1991, and James Cameron is an incredible director. Um, yeah. I just miss seeing like movies where they were so original and they were so yeah. different. Um, you know, I, I feel like if a movie warrants a sequel, I'm okay with it, but if a movie is just like it makes like over a billion dollars and then they green light it because it made over a billion dollars, right. I just feel like that's a disaster. Right. Like, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see the new Joker movie just for that reason alone because yeah. I mean. It was never intended to be a sequel. So is the sequel going to be good? I mean, it could be. I mean, if you look at A Quiet Place 2, um, John Krasinski, Krasinski um, he never intended to direct uh, the sequel, let alone write it. Um, so the fact that he did both, I, I felt that it was a really good movie. It was a great follow-up to the first one. I only have one massive complaint about the film. I wonder how to ask uh, the aliens or, you know, whatever they are. I wonder how they survived the crash of the asteroid. Yeah. But besides that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a really good movie. I, yeah. I, I mean. And even like, like, how, like now I'm talking about the original, not Rob Zombies, but Halloween from 1978. I find Halloween 2 being a near perfection 
sequel of you know i love that uh, yeah i i was i was very disappointed they disregarded that one with the uh, halloween 2018 because i felt yeah. that the halloween 2 uh was a really good movie i i yeah. i didn't feel it was a reason to ignore that right I, that was amazing i mean that was probably yeah. one of the better sequels in the horror movie yeah I mean, taking well, place you know? What makes me wonder is, is like in 2018, okay, so they are brother and sister. So why does he have this 40-year obsession of this random girl that got away then? The brother-sister at least tied in why he's still obsessed 40 years later. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I do agree with that. I mean, it, it it does not make any sense. Yeah, like if I'm if I'm a psycho killer and I'm going to go after a random person and they get away, 40 years later, if I have a way to get out, I'm going to have a new obsession of some other random babysitter. You know what I mean? Not the same. Well, but, but if you really think about it, though, in the Halloween 2018, though, he wasn't really specifically going after her. When he yeah. got out, he was just really going house to house to house. Well, that's true. Good point. Yeah. The doctor, the doctor kind of led him to to her house so it was kind yeah. of the doctor's interference but what the, what i yeah. didn't get though what i was more confused about is that they ignored all of the ones but then they paid homage basically stealing yeah. scenes for each sequel to put into a movie which mm -hmm. is like what was, what was the point right it's like you took away something just to add back what you took away and yeah people are gonna go into it thinking okay well you took that away but now you're making me remember the ones you took away while I'm watching this movie. I feel that all of them were executed, but one, the doctor kind of being obsessed or whatever, I felt didn't really work. But yeah. I did like when he went into the bathroom and he killed that those two reporters. Um, that yeah. was brutal. Yeah. I, I, I'm still kind of confused how in Halloween Kills, how the sh I guess he was the sheriff, how he survived. Because, I mean, yeah, he was stabbed in the neck. Maybe he could survive that. But then he was ran over. Like, like, I don't know how, I still don't know how he survived that, but we'll give it to them. I mean, like, 60-something years old at that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, the movie Locked In, is this movie currently being filmed? Um. Is it in pre or post, or is it in production? Oh, this is, this is in post-production. We are okay. almost at the finish line at post-production. There's some things that we're tweaking. Um, I was supposed to have a second trailer released this week, but I, I postponed it because I, I real I, it's, mm -hmm. it's so hard not to reveal too much footage. I don't want to be one of those filmmakers that show my whole entire movie with the trailer. So I'm kind of really thinking about what I, uh, cause everything I've seen, I'm like, I don't want to show that. That's so much that needs to be into the movie. Yeah. Um, trailers are really I mean trailers are hard because yeah. it's you're you're showcasing your film and then uh, with this film there's so many things that I don't want to show to the audience until they watch the movie mm -hmm. and, I mean because this is a very intense movie I mean it's a very graphic film um, you know I only did it because I, I didn't want to touch into a heavy subject like human trafficking and not really go there. Right. So you kind of really have to go there of what, I mean, goes on in, in human trafficking, because I think if people get a general idea of what is going on, I think people will care more. A lot of times people hear about it, but we're kind of on to the next the next thing because it's yeah. constant chaos in the world you know you got human trafficking you got you know all kinds of issues yeah. that are going on in the world that people are 
kind of left and right fighting left and right. It's kind of like, I mean, it's what pick your battle, what which one you want to fight because it's mm-hmm. it's it's so much going on in the world. Yeah, exactly. And the, and trailers are very important because they're supposed to bring in the audience but not reveal the entire film, and they're only supposed to do it in a couple of minutes. So well, like- yeah, we'll see the first trailer. I felt we really kind of did that, and it's mm-hmm. like. How do we top that first trailer? Yeah. And, um, I, so far, we have not been able to do that. And that's where I'm kind of like, I'm not releasing a trailer unless it's better than the first one, because yeah. I, I really care what people think when they watch the trailer, because that is the pivotal marketing part of the movie. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. With Hall- like, for example, Halloween Kills, that trailer ruined for me three deaths. I knew right away. We were losing the doctor, the nurse, the you know the the couple, and we were losing Marion Chambers right then and there from the masks of hanging in the park. Well, then don't forget the firefighters and the firefighters. Yes, I, I mean, but to be fair to that, although they did really ruin some of those kills, I mean, he killed a lot of people in that movie. He, he did like, what forty something people at least. Yeah. yeah, that was like insane. I I mean, I think. The, the best death scene in Halloween Kills, which to me, I liked it. I even liked it better. Than I did Halloween like the movie. Yeah. I, I liked it better than Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt it was a really good follow up to some of the missing pieces from the first one, which was really interesting and in how they mm-hmm. kind of went back and looked like they shot in the 70s. Yeah. I really felt like people did not really. I don't think they appreciated it. I mean, yeah. to me, as a Michael Myers fan, what more do you want to see Michael Myers killed? Like he killed people like every two minutes. What is yeah. not to like about it? I mean, yeah. and especially that scene where he's just stabbing that guy and going in the yeah. drawer, getting another knife, stabbing him again and stabbing him. I'm like, that is yeah. insane. See, and that that's I love Michael Myers. I don't want him to be I I guess homicidal maniac isn't the right word because we want we go there to see him kill people, but um I, I don't want to see this like really like monstrous outrageous monster kind of type of guy you know where he was in Rob Zombie's Halloween I think James Jude Courtney is doing an my, amazing job I think job. Rob Zombie executed the very first one I thought he did pretty good yeah I'm not a fan of his yeah. dialogue in movies because everyone sounds the same mm-hmm. but when I tell you what Rob Zombie did do I think that was very effective that I don't think any other Halloween has ever done I felt that taking a normal boy and kind of really making him each day go more silent to the point where he's not talking at all. Mm-hmm. I felt that Rob Zombie executed that really, really good. And I don't think that people gave him enough credit with that, but what he really wanted to do with the movie, the studio wouldn't let him do anyway. So, I mean, he wanted to shoot the whole entire movie as kind of a prequel um, mm-hmm. where Michael Myers was a kid, the whole entire movie. I felt that that would have worked. And if you really think about it, it, it you can tell because two two acts of the movie they feel like two different movies. Yeah, they do, they do. And I interviewed uh, Deg, who played the uh, you know the young Michael Myers, and he gives some amazing insights about filming those scenes. And uh, I mean, it gave me so much more appreciation to those. I think the second Rob Zombie Halloween, which Rob didn't want to do uh, to begin with, um, but the second Rob Zombie Halloween that he did, it was he. Um, I think Michael was too grotesque for for what we're used to uh that was i mean that was just a really all-around strange movie yeah uh, I, I i was so lost with the pony and 
Yeah. I, I, I was so like confused and, yeah. um, I, my main problem with Rob Zombie, um, I, I, I love his music, um, mm. but with his movies, every character says the F word, like every other word. Yeah. Um, and it's, I hate to like say something I don't like about another artist. I just, I don't think he's, I don't think he's an, uh, I don't think he's an amazing storyteller yeah. as much as he is with his music. Um, his music is something different. I love his music. I've I seen him like live, but I, I just, I mean, as far as movies, I'm just not really a, a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and it's, I, I just, I mean, like almost all of his movies, he has like very unnecessary vulgar rape and, um, yeah. If if it's if there's a reason for it in a, a story and it's a I mean like it's a point to it, I can follow that opposed to just randomly out of nowhere, oh there's a rape scene and you're like where is it from, and it's like every movie he does it some way shape yeah. or form and it's like was that was that really necessary like where did that come from like right. I don't, um. So you as a filmmaker, um, if somebody is like, I guess, struggling with storytelling or struggling with filmmaking and like they're just like, say it's their first movie, what advice would you give them? Uh, There's a limited amount of content on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Where if there's knowledgeable filmmakers like D4 Darius, uh, Ryan Colony, Film Riot, uh, Film IQ, uh, Studio Binder. There's so much content on there to um, really talk to filmmakers who are very knowledgeable and are making a living and very successful. Tell mm-hmm. you how to, to not only structure a story, how to shoot. I mean, how to shoot with very limited crew. I mean, filmmaking, I mean, we're in the time where information is there. You, I mean, you have to just do the homework. You have to be hungry. You cannot be lazy. I mean, yeah. there's no excuse to be lazy. I mean, information is everywhere. So when I'm on my phone, instead of watching like entertainment, when I'm on my phone, I'm like watching, uh, I, I watch classes every day. I go to master class. Um, you know, I, I, I watch um, all kinds of stuff on there. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just, I mean, you know, so it's, how, it's more like if you want to be as successful as bad as you want to breathe, yeah. you'll be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, if you make a movie and, I mean, a, a viewer can tell if you half-assed a movie. Like, they'll be able to tell if the movie you made and put out there wasn't, it wasn't your all. I mean, or it was an experience um, that you could tell. Well, it's, it's also, not, I mean, that is true. But yeah. you also have to really, and this is something that was not an overnight thing for us. I mean, it took time, a lot of trial. You really have to find people who are just as motivated and hardworking as you. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you got to find you got to really talk to people and what their motivation is and why mm-hmm. they are oh, coming a part of your project. Is it just another notch on a belt? Because that's not that's not the kind of person you want in your film. I'm really selective of who I, you know, hire actor and actresses wise. If that's just somebody where they're almost on every other project, mm-hmm. I, I probably will pass because, I mean, I, I really like, 
you know, actors and actresses like, you know, Amber Don Fox. I love working with her. Not only is she a terrific actress, but she, you know, promotes her content. She shares, she understands that she's not just promoting a movie, she's promoting her brand. Yeah. And, you know, you get with people in a movie and they don't promote what they do and stuff like that. I mean, if I'm taking a risk and, and you know, paying you for a service and you're not mm-hmm. promoting and kind of, you know, you don't care about your brand, then I, I don't need you on my project. Uh, you know, and that, and that's just not actors that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's everybody, everybody, if you really want to be successful, you, I mean, you got to show people what you're passionate about mm-hmm. because if you're just never, showing what you're doing on set and you're never really putting yourself out there where you're like, here's my movie here. Watch it. I talk about what I do every day to somebody. Um, I don't care if I get on their nerves um, because that is who I am. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's my passion. And if somebody's my friend or my relative and they care about me, then they would know that that is a big part of me. And, you know, um, You really have to put yourself out there because no one's going to put them put themselves out there more than you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So the last question I do got for you: Do you have any other projects that you would like to promote to the listening viewing audience? Yes, I am working on my film, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. And right now, what we're doing is I'm looking over this sponsorship packet and. I'm making sure that everything in here is top notch and just kind of going back and making sure if it's not something we can do better. Right now we are in the pre-production phase. We're going to be start shooting in January and we're trying to raise additional funds for the film so we can, you know, have a longer shoot date. Right now we are scheduled for eight day shoot. We're trying to get additional sponsors so we can actually have a 14 day shoot where it's actually a longer process to where we can get a much better quality shoot. Um, so that's what we're doing uh, there. And that, and that film touches on another important issue that is going on um, in the world right now, which is sexual assault. Um, but she's being sexually assaulted by her, um, her, her own father. Okay. And the whole plot is her trying to get away from that bad situation. Um, and that really touches on a lot of mental health and um, the psychological element of what women go through who are sexually abused that um, they don't have nobody to talk to and people that don't notice. And that's my son. <laughs> hey, buddy. Like I said, I have a house full of kids. But uh, we, it's, a, it's a busy house. So the fact that we had mostly quiet in here, minus my son in the background, um, it was, you know, um, most people have kids. It's what it yeah. is. Hey, hey, I had so many guests bring their kids. They had their kids show up. They had their animals show up. Somebody oh, asked you to cap up. I, you know, it's like, I'm like I, I don't even say sorry anymore. I'm like, that's, that's my family, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody Never knows they know about my family. Never but, be um, <laughs> good, good. I always just like to just call it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure yeah. people are going to look back and see me and my son. I'm like... I realized that you can still see me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think she about it, to, she's trying to think, get on my Xbox. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, if it was completely quiet, you would think that's not that normal then because these are kids. Absolutely. No, it's 
We, have, me and my wife, we. She told me the other day, and she said, "Honey, we have a chaotic life." Because I was like, "I just want, I just want quietness in the house one time." And she's like, "Hey, we're gonna be that. We got three kids. It's, it's, and we got two dogs, and it's, yeah. it's always yeah. something going on in this house. Yeah, it's never totally. a dull moment. But that's, that's the, that's the beauty of kids, though. They, yeah, you know, sometimes they might, bring, you know, get on your life's nerves, but at the end of the day, they bring joy." um in a way that i don't think anyone can describe you know exactly exactly and are you going to have an indiegogo for the uh upcoming movie that you have in pre i i'm i don't believe that i will need to but okay. nothing is impossible if i don't raise additional sponsorships then that is considered um but i'm pretty confident with the nature of this film um that I, I really believe that we will be able to get sponsorships for this film. Yeah. Our main goal after we film is to um, submit to Sundance and Tribeca and South by Southwest because of the nature of this film. And hopefully we will be able to sell to someone like Lifetime or, you know, like Hallmark. It's, it's, it's a film that, Although it's an important issue, it it is definitely um, there's no like it's definitely the opposite of locked in in a sense. Locked in is like pretty hardcore, like R. This is more of like a PG thirteen. Okay, uh, so this film. is a like this is up a lifetime or a hallmark. Time. Yes, absolutely. Awesome, that's exciting. Well, everybody, keep in uh, keep a lookout for this movie uh, that's going to be coming out. Uh, you know, check out Chase's IMDb page. Um, I'm sure it'll be updated on there, you know, with everything that, you know, with its entire production, when it's in post, when it's filming, you know, when it's released and all that stuff. Keep updated on that. Um, do you have any social media, anything at all that you want to promote before we wrap it up? Uh, hit the like button on my director's page. I cut to the Chase uh, Productions page and uh, keep up with the Good Girls Guide to Murders Facebook page along with the Locked In page. And you can go to www.lockedin.com um, and be sure to check out my film Payday, uh, which is on Tubi, Google yeah. Play, iTunes. Um, uh, so all kinds of places just google my name chase dudley and all of my movies will pop up um <laughs> it, it's so many platforms and it, and the crazy thing in the movie almost been out for six years and it's still getting on new platforms um we just looked on universal uh studios.com and our movies on dvd there and i'm like nice. uh um I had to email our distribution company like um one you you do know that Universal was I don't know. Um <laughs> I had to contact my attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well thank you, Chase, for joining me this evening. I I, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, Absolutely. I had a and, blast. Yeah, thank you so much. And it was amazing having my kids cameo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it was, it was great to have you on i'm glad that we got to make this happen everybody check out you know everything that chase is doing as imdb will be updated with all projects that he's got going on um i thank you chase you have a great rest of your night you too all right bye, bye.